It's your host with the most, being Katie, TNT Jam Planet Podcast. This is season two, episode 10. And today we're going to be reviewing Camp Lowe's debut album, Uptown Saturday Night Live. And with me, I have the host with the most, also Westside Jordan. What's up? Without further ado, let's get into the history of Camp Lowe. So, Camp Lowe is rappers Sunny Chiba and Geechee Suede from the Bronx. So, how they got their name? So, Geechee got his name from, no, uh, Sunny Chiba got his name from a character in a kung fu flick by the same name. And then Geechee Sway got his name from a character named Geechee Dan Buford in the, movie, in the movie Uptown Saturday Night Live. And then he got the suede part from uh, when he was wearing a suede mustard jacket. And then Sunny Chiba called him suede. And then they just combined the Geechee and the suede together. And that's how you got Geechee Suede. So... Geechee Suede worked for Ski a long time ago, like a couple years ago before the album came out. So they'd just be having uh, Ski and Sunny Chiba just like became close together. Like they would just bounce each other, they would just bounce ideas off each other because Sunny Chiba was going to Virginia at the time. Then later they just joined forces and they, they recorded a, a, a demo with um, Ski Beats. The demo was called What's the War, Baby? Ski was like impressed with the group, but he wasn't like fully sold on the idea. So they went back to the drawing boards and then they made an eight song demo and they just like shopped it to various record labels. And then the group wasn't originally called like the Lost Boys, but I don't know why they changed your name. I think there was like a, there was like a group around that time called the Lost Boys. So I think they probably changed it because of that. No, actually, they changed it because uh, Dame Dash didn't like the, he just, like, considered the name change. So I think it was because of, like, the whole Lost Boys thing. So, so uh, in an interview, they talked about how they got the name. So I'm just going to paraphrase it. I'm just going to read a quote. So we had CeeLo first. We found out there was a CeeLo Green, so we can't rock with that. So we kept the C. We used to roll CeeLo for push-ups while we were waiting on ski outside the studio the low means you're probably not going to hear nobody else with these flows you're probably not going to hear rock nobody rocking with what we dressed in and you're probably not gonna hear too many cats rocking over the music we decided to rock over that's the low part of it now officially camp low end quote so they were signed to Pro profile records in 1995 and they made their first appearance on Wax on the 1996 The Great White Hype Albums soundtrack. The song was Cooley High from the, the same movie of the, the same movie of the same name. I should say the, yeah, whatever, the same movie. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it was a minor hit. And the original version was uh, sampled Michael Jackson's The Lady In My Life sample, but they couldn't get it cleared. So they used uh, Janet Jackson's Funny How Time Flies. So they flipped that sample and that was their second single. I mean, that was their second uh, version of the Cooley High. And then they released their second hit, which is like the biggest hit, Lucini. That's like the biggest hit. That's what they're known for. And on January 28, 1997, they released their debut album, Uptown Saturday Night Live. And the production is primarily done by Ski Beats of Jay-Z fame. 
And it's funny that I mentioned Jay-Z because Jay-Z released a song called Feeling It. That was supposed to be Camp Lowe's song, but Jay-Z stole the beat from them. So that's what happened. So Uptown, Uptown Saturday Night Live, no, Uptown Saturday Night has a lot of 1970s funk and jazz inspiration production. And like I said, the album name comes from the, the same name of the movie. And they paying hot, and the cover's paying homage to Marvin Gaye's I Want You. And that's pretty much it. So that's how the album came together. So the producers on the album are Ski Beats, Troll Goy, the dub from De La Soul, Ill Will, Fulton. The guest appearances on the album are Troy Goy, Troy Goy, the dub, Ishmael Butler, Jungle Brown, Karacha Ra, Slim Jim, and Jungle Brown. And the singles on this album are Cooley High, Lucini, This Is It, Black Nozzle Jack, which is like an underground single. And they all have music videos. So let's get into the tracks. So the first track- Before we get to the tracks, before we get tracks, I just wanted to say that the cover art for this album, I'm a a really big fan of it. Um, The cover art is just really cool. And um, I just thought that the, I feel like the cover art is definitely um, a, a really strong point, probably one of the best uh, album covers of albums that we've reviewed. I just wanted to put that out there. Yeah, that, that's that's interesting that you brought that up because they did pay homage to it, which I kind of like. Like I didn't even know I didn't even know there's a Marvin Gaye album with the same cover. That's that's pretty incredible right there. Yeah, that's like the best example of someone like copying something and it turns out really good because a lot of people like copy something and it turns out kind of whack. That's like a yeah, I definitely agree. Example of it. I do agree with you. This is probably like one of the best album covers too. I also like the original one, but I actually prefer this one a lot better. Not because it's hip hop, but I just like the the painting a lot better, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense, yeah. All right, so yeah, the tracks on this album are, uh, the first track on here is Crystal Carrington. This is a dope ass way to start off the song. This is like the the most like rarest like album reviews that we did where it doesn't start off with a dumbass skit, which I really like. This just gets straight to the point. I like the ominous horns. And I have no idea what the hell Crystal Carrington is, to be honest with you. It's just a bunch of like, I don't know. And my favorite lyrics on here are, I get Crystal Carrington, Ice Rock Gritty, Carlito, Influence, T Flashers, Acapulco, Homicide Scene, Second to Catch It, First to Feel It, When I Peel It, that was from Geechee Suede. And then from Sunny Chiba, Gifted Cart, Caramella, Cinderella, hold a fella tight, make the octopusy do the walk to see for the night. And that's from Sunny Chiba. I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about, bro. I just think that sounds really dope. So what are your thoughts on here? So uh, I would definitely have to agree that I'm glad that we don't have another album that, you know, starts off with some skit or just some, I don't know, or like some like half-ass song that was like two minutes, you know, I'm glad for that. Um, I think the beat for this track is really good. Um, uh, it's funny how you mentioned that you have no idea what they're talking about. I definitely have to agree with you that, like, honestly, throughout this whole song, I couldn't really tell you what the subject matter is. I'm just like, oh, I just didn't, I had no idea what they were saying most of the time. Um, so for me, I guess, like, flow-wise, I guess, like, that was probably the weaker point of the song um, is that I wasn't a big fan of their flows. I feel like they were going a little too fast for the beat. Um, 
And so sometimes, like, if you're mainly listening to the beat, it's a little bit hard to also listen to the lyrics just because it's almost like the the their flow is kind of on a different sound wave to the beat. So um, I just found that kind of interesting. And uh, I would also have to agree, I have no idea what a Crystal Carrington is. So, yeah. I have to disagree with you because I, I really like the song too. <laughs> but yeah, this is this is spoiler alert. This is my top five, and also spoiler alert: there are no skits or interludes or outros on this album. Thank goodness. Like, yeah, I know, man. I fucking hate those things, man. But yeah, like we said, I have like throughout the whole album, I have no idea what the fuck they're talking about. But they just sound they just sound so smooth on the on the microphone just like their flow it's very unique it's very abstract which i really like about them but i have no idea what the fuck they're talking about man these references <laughs> but yeah this is a dope way to start off the album i just like the ominous beat man it's just very dope so we get to we get to track number two which is lucini this is it aka this is it this is by far their biggest hit single this is like what took them like um rocketed them into like the mainstream audience and yeah, the story behind the song is that they needed like one more song for a single and it was like crunch time. So Ski got a hold of Dynasty Sample, The Ventures in the Land of Music. I have no idea what this is. I'm just getting this off of Genius. And he wrote the hook and then he played it over the song. So I can't even talk over their phone to Geeky Sway. <laughs> and um, yeah, he wanted to go in person. So he brought uh, Chiba with him. They laid it down. Profile Records really loved it. And it got played throughout the airwaves. And then Biggie called like Ski asking for a beat. And then Jay-Z got like really mad at him because he wanted the beat. And I really love this song. The horn samples are really dope on the song. I just love the drums. It's a classic song. Definitely a party track. I, I like the I like the um hook too. I think they're like the first people that said the word lit. I'm not sure if you catch that though, but they said that they like, let's get lit. So I think they're like the first people that said it. That makes sense. This is back in 97. I don't know. I could be wrong, though. But yeah, I, favorite, I did not catch that. Yeah, go back and listen to it. You're going to hear that shit, too. I, I, didn't even know, I didn't even know they said that word until, like, I listened to it for the album. That's why I like Genius, because you can just, like, go back and just, like, look at the lyrics, like, write down annotations and all that. That's what I like about it. But my favorite lyrics from here are introducing Phantom of the Dark, walk through my heaven with levitation from reefers, drenching di divas in E7, showboating with rugas, flash vines, Belafonte vigor, let's skate for what this worth as we confiscate your figures. And this is from DC Swade. Once, once again, I have no idea what the fuck they're saying, but I just like that, that verse that he dropped. So once again, like the beat's really good. I really like the beat on this track. Um, and uh, for me, I really, I think the second verse is probably the best verse on the whole, on this track. Um, and, you know, it's just, it's kind of funny how like this is the single, this is one of like the, the singles. And for me overall, I feel like I, I found a lot of the other tracks on this album better which is funny how like this is like their most famous song um but spoiler alert i find a lot of the other tracks on this album better uh so yeah this is my overall thoughts on it 
Yeah, I respect your opinion, man. You know, I can totally see that too. Like there are definitely like other standout songs and this is like the case of like the whole like, like there's like good rap groups, but people, they're only known for like one like song. Everyone just ignores the whole like discography. I think this is definitely yeah. a primary example of it. Yeah, most definitely. Like you might not know this artist because they're like super underground. But you might you definitely know the song if that makes sense. You like heard it before. Yeah. Like top 10 songs of the 90s or no top 100 songs of the 90s. But they're only like known for this one song, which is kind of sad because they do have like talent. But, you know. Yeah, like before we listened to this album, I had no idea who who these guys were. I had never listened yeah. to them before. So yeah, this is like this is like my first time listening to them to to do this review. Yeah. I'm glad I can just like introduce you to like different artists, you know. Yeah, for sure. Expand your palette <laughs> Can't wait for season three. See what you bring to the table. But yeah, so we get to track number three, which is Park Joint. This is another dope song. Not as good as Lucini, because it's really hard to follow like Crystal Carrington and Lucini, because those are like two, like two in a row, like really good songs. And I, I just like how jazzy and funky this is. And my favorite lyrics are suede and Chiba will prevail till Indian skies. My display of Bella Fonte, ice cheeky, it's fly, geeky suede. And then, and then uh, Sunny Chiba says, when I open up the ass cheese in Wonderland, we do the electric boogaloo. So I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it, just, it just sounds so dope. Just, I like how lighthearted they are, man. You know, they're just very playful and they're very abstract. You know? But those are my thoughts on this song. Yeah, definitely. This is like one of those songs where it's just like the lyrics are just, there are moments, you know, in this song, it's like the whole album that you just think, what the fuck are, they, are these guys talking about? Um, and uh, for me, like this song's like, this song I listened to twice. Um, so the first time I was like, eh, this song's all right. But then the second time I started to kind of understand it a little bit more and I kind of, I kind of got a little bit more into it um so i mean it's understandable if you don't like the song at first but i would definitely like give it a few listens and i think if you give it a few listens um you know a couple of things that really stood out are just like really strong lyricism that they had um lighthearted but still really strong lyricism overall yeah. um and the bass line on this pack is super good um so i like the hook in, and the hook, I would agree that the hook's also really solid. Um, so this is definitely like one of those tracks where like I would definitely give it a few listens before you make like a full judgment on it. So, yeah. um, and for me, like the the lyricism really stood out for me the second time I listened to it. And I, and um, and like you said, it's def it's not like you know this is not gonna be this is not like these are not the the guys that you go to to listen to like the most serious music in the world or anything <laughs> like that. Yeah. But uh, um, definitely, I definitely liked the song. I thought the song was pretty strong. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you too. Like the first time I listened to, I I really liked this song, but you know it's not as good as the the, the songs before it. You know, because they set the bar really high in my opinion. And I also want to point out, too, that, like, the title of the tracks, they have the, the subject matter, what they're rapping about has nothing to do with the title of the tracks. So I just want to put that out there. I kind of noticed that, too. I was like, 
in the t- yeah, the titles definitely don't tell you what the the subject matter is going to be about yeah. at all. Yeah, there's a couple of songs that do that, but it's like very rare. Like ninety percent of the album, they're just like the songs are just like filler. Not not the songs, but the the song titles just like oh, let's just think of a name and just put it together. That's what I kind of got from that. Yeah, I don't I, have to. I could agree. be wrong though. That's I get I get a similar vibe to to what you're saying. Um, there are definitely some tracks on here. I'm like, oh, I'm not sure what's up with the title here, but you know, whatever. Yeah, but it is it is what it is. It doesn't bother me because a lot of a lot of people do that too. Where they like the title has nothing to do with like the subject matter. It's just kind of yeah. it's a placeholder. There's nothing wrong with it. Man. I I just want to point that out there. But we get to track number four, which is B-Side to Hollywood, produced by Choi the Dub from uh, De La Soul. And it's also featuring Choi the Dub. Hopefully I'm saying that word wrong, but like Choi is yogurt spelled backwards. I just want to put that out there. But this is another dope song, funky track. Definitely a standout song to me. Definitely one of my favorites on here. And I think Choi has like the best verse. And I did write down some lyrics from so lay with Lila, it's a low living holiday. Hilton, stop lying, stop denying, stop the blood clot crying. Fresh like a chef, want to slice, be heist, and keep flying. That was from Gucci Suede. And then from Troy Goy, I say Rickety Rocket was my favorite cartoon. And after marriage comes the honey honeymoon. Who love Popeye? It's Alice Sagoon. Ate honeycomb cereal with my big spoon. That was from Troy Goy. And then from Sunny, I'd be kicking like Bruce Lee, Chinese Connection, Mama Sita, Dig the Chiba, Satin Complexion. They closet, they closet the camp right on Pam when she do the splits so I can see Chiba's greatest hits. And that's from Sunny Chiba. <laughs> I just thought those were funny lyrics. So definitely a standout. It just goes to show you how like playful they are with their lyrics. They're not known to be like, there's like serious subject matter on here. But it's very like very playful, if that makes sense. They kind of have like try called quests, like just like different vibes, like just like laid back, just like have fun vibes, if that makes sense. So I definitely have to agree that this is definitely a really strong uh, track for the album. Um, I really like the hook. I feel I find like the hook really good. Um, and one thing I did like about this song compared to the first three songs is that on this song, like they slowed down their flow a little bit. So that way they could kind of let the the sound of this of this of the song breathe a little bit. Yeah. Um, which I, I thought that that was a good move to make. And I also would agree that the the feature on this song was also definitely um definitely killed it and um and one funny thing that i would just kind of say is that i could oddly see hear this like kind of like beat on like uh like uh like in a almost like an atlanta sound a little bit to it you know yeah. like i could see um like outcast hopping on this beat really really easily and uh making it work yeah, that'd be dope too like the thing, speaking of Outkast, it's funny that you brought this up because a lot of these features are like artists I never heard of. Instead, no, of, I can't even talk right. <laughs> Only artists I heard of was uh, Troy Goy the Dove. The rest, I have no idea who the hell they are. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's just, they just give like the more like underground artists, the more like no name ones, if that makes sense. 
nothing wrong yeah. with it. Yeah, so we get to you got your thoughts out the way for B side. Yeah. All right, perfect, perfect. So we get to another dope ass song. Uh track number five, Killing Them Softly. This is a dope ass song, dude. I just love the bass line. The beat is very ominous, it's very nocturnal. Yeah, it kind of has like midnight marauder type of vibes to it. And I just love the subject matter. It's just them talking about like criminal activities. And the Gitchy Suede, uh John Merkin with me. I just finished in the mercury but he was screeching my aim was accurate off two degrees that's from Gucci suede i just like the subject matter on here it very it fits like the tone of like the song it's very like dark gritty it's very like ominous it's very like nocturnal if that makes sense this is definitely another standout song this is in my top five by the way so with this song i feel like this song creates really good imagery um, through what they're saying in their lyrics. Like you could just really easily through the through the lyrics that they were, you know, writing for this track, you could um, just really uh, see what they're describing and the kind of like the stories they were telling um, that really came through uh, in this track, which uh, I always like it whenever like you could just really see, uh, like you could just really visualize that track really well um and i definitely got like i think uh, i mean quote me i mean definitely say if i'm wrong but i definitely got yeah. like uh like kind of like uh like kind of like talking about like the criminal justice system a little bit in this track a bit and, um yeah i could see that because they said making a cop plea killing them softly and making a cop plea so yeah I think yeah right. so i definitely hear like definitely a um you know uh, definitely I'm pretty sure they're definitely going to be criticizing the criminal justice system yeah. um, in this track. Uh, that definitely comes through, especially in the the chorus. And the one thing I also will say is that, like, and you'll hear this throughout the whole album is that you could just tell that, like, the two the two MCs just really work well together, and this is a really good track to hear their their really strong chemistry that they have with each other. Um, yeah. So I, I and this was definitely a really strong track, and um, I probably named after the Bob Marley song, "Killing Them Softly." Oh, that's the song. Hold on, I I know like I I know it has a title similar to that. Hold Wait, on. didn't uh, uh, what was that group called? Fuji's make a song called "Killing Them Softly." Yeah, that's um. It's uh. That was on the. Oh wait, score no, album. no, no. Never mind. I was thinking of something. It's uh, it's Dave Chappelle. Oh no, Dave Chappelle came out with um. Comedy special, right? Yeah, and but that was in two thousand. I could well, hold on. I swear. I feel like. I know that like there's something that, I feel like there is a. Yeah, killing me softly. Uh, so it's not killing. It's it's um it's killing me softly, which is by Bob Marley, not killing them. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, but I wouldn't be surprised if it is uh, if I I it's probably got to be a play on words on that. Yeah, I think that is this expression. I just don't know what it means though. Could be wrong though. So yeah, we get to track number six. This is definitely one of the hiccup songs on here. This is Sparkle. 
the song comes from the the song's title comes from the movie of the same name sparkle which came out in 1976 i just want to mention this a lot of these titles are from black exploitation um movies because they're like very black exploitation heavy subject matter throughout the song no throughout the whole album so i just want to put that out there and you're going to notice also they're going to repeat certain lyrics from other songs that they did i just want to put that out there as well but yeah i kind of have mixed feelings about the song the hook is kind of horrendously lazy it's like killing up you know what i mean it's kind of like um how does it go um can't blow up can't blow <laughs> yeah bubbling they like whispering i'm not going to do that shit because that's I'm not an ASMR channel though, but, <laughs> but yeah, the, the hook gets like really annoying. Once you get past the hook, the, the beat is solid, but definitely one of the weaker songs on here. So I would definitely describe this song as kind of a bit more like a vibey song. It's definitely got a vibe yeah. to it. Um, overall, I thought it was a pretty solid song. Um, but I guess, spoiler alert, I didn't put it in my top five or anything. Um, yeah, I'm not mad, bro. I'm not defending this Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, like, I can't, I don't know what the exact lyric was, but I know there's some, like, slightly, like, homophobic lyric on yeah, me somewhere. Is. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's slightly, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely got a little bit of homophobia on this track. <laughs> um, you know, we don't condone that. Um, so, um, so yeah, and uh, I don't know how to feel about the chorus. Like, I don't know if it's good or if it's, I don't know. There's just like, a part of me thinks it's good, then another part of me is like, man, this is kind of corny as fuck. But um, yeah. yeah, you know, this didn't make my top five. So, you know, and I don't blame you for not putting it on your top five either. Yeah, because I, I was watching... Like what I like to do is um, I like to look at album reviews for like certain albums that we do just to kind of hear people's thoughts. I'm not copying their thoughts or anything, but I just want to like they, they said <laughs> they said like the, the homophobic slur turned them off from the song. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That, that, that was the same with me. I was kind of like, oh, what the? I don't know. <laughs> I, like, I don't even know why that line was put in there. Like I didn't like it just. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, and it was def definitely not a line that 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 aged well at all. Um, so yeah, definitely, yeah. That that was one of those lines. I was like, hmm, okay, I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I'm not sure I can get behind this song so much. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I'm not. I'm not saying they they hate gays or anything. I I just think like when you're rapping, you just like say certain stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to defend what they did. I'm just saying like. It was kind of like the 90s. It was a different time. And people would just say stuff like that. So they, they didn't hate gays. It was just kind of used as an insult. That makes sense. You know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely something that, you know, <laughs> even today, you know, the hip hop community definitely needs to address a little bit of the homophobia that's going on. <laughs> um, I mean, dude, I mean, every single diss track had some homophobic shit on it. Let's be honest. <laughs> It's played for probably like shock or something, you know what I mean? Because they don't have. Yeah, yeah. Um, so definitely something that uh, hip hop needs to address, but uh, yeah, <laughs> not not a good look. 
Let's <laughs> just say the song wouldn't come out today. Just leave it at that. No, 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 no. That's, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I think we got our thoughts out for Spark going. <laughs> so we get to a way better song, not a homophobic song, Black Connection. <laughs> it's a song... The song is a title from the movie of the same name, another black exploitation movie. I want to see this movie because I, I, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna I'm gonna look through like track listing too. What songs are like based off the movies, and I'm just gonna make a list and try to watch those movies on like Hulu or something like that. But yeah, it's talking about uh planning heist and drug dealing. This is another dope song. I love the, I love like that beat that that type of shit. And I did write down some lyrics from here. This is from Geechee Sway. I got the wire I ignored, then poured it real slow into Kata's glass. Her radiance, radiance, smiling diamonds, Gora uh, splash. The suede is arousing, caressing, Caribbean gems. The, the squeezing of Jizza is stimulating. Now on my bin, Lint Symphonies left a crystal rock. I caught that knees. She sniffed hair on. Let her hair down, paste the balcony, I scrape the well. That'll have her on the score for years, but back to the hawk who playing, who pulling shice maneuvers on camp. Yeah. So that's from Geechee Sweet. I have no idea what the fuck he's saying. So yeah, I just want to put that out there again. Uh, yeah, I definitely think that this is a really good song. And I also agree that the beat is really good. Um, yeah. And, you know, it, it creates like a, it, the beat is definitely has like that, it has a good beat that like you can kind of like drive to or kind of like ride in a car to. Um, right. Definitely another, another vibey song. Mm -hmm. um, and I just feel like the production on this song was really top notch production on this one. Like I feel like the production was kind of genius for this song. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I definitely like I really like the beat, and I think that um, yeah, this is definitely a really solid song. On and then we get to swing, we get to track number eight, swing, featuring Ishmael Butler. I actually like this song, but it's not a standout to me. And the hook is kind of lazy. I, I didn't like the hook by Ishmael Butler, like the I swing, you swing, blasey blasey type of shit. And they could have did better with it. And uh, Sonny Chiba was not on the song. I want to just say that. And I also want to, I was going to say, this kind of has like, a, I'm going to be honest, this beat kind of has like a bad boy kind of sound to it. I'm not sure if you picked that up, like a 1997 bad boy kind of sound to this. Like it just kind of has like something, it kind of sounds like Dead Wrong by uh, Notorious B.I.B. I'm not sure if this is the same sample, but I'll do research afterward. My favorite lyrics are actually from Ishmael Butler, surprisingly. Welcome to New York, the illest of all places. I never bleed even through this plaza of greed. You got the rarest true ain't game in your world. Not them Forrest Gump niggas with shades and S curls. <laughs> so I just thought those, that stood out to me. Those are my thoughts on this song. Um, I felt like the well, I, like for me, I wasn't actually bothered by the hook. I thought it was kind of good. Yeah. Um, 
I think that the flow on the flows on this track are really good. And like this song definitely has like that probably out of majority of the songs, like it has the the most uh like stereo I don't want to say stereotypical, but just like the most um Generic. like New York sound to it, you know? Yeah. Um like you know, like this is probably like out of all of the songs, if you played me this song, I would definitely think that this group was uh Definitely New York. So it has the most New York sound to it compared to yeah. other songs, which um, which probably means it wasn't as experimental as the other songs if it's uh, kind of like easily picked up that's not, you know, that's easily picked up that's e- that definitely got like that East Coast New York sound. So, yeah. Yeah. So what you're trying to say, this is a more of an outlier song. A little bit, yeah. Um, and I would also have to agree, it's not the most notable song yeah. uh, on the album. I'm not, you know, gonna, you know, freaking tell everybody about this song and say this is the song to listen to. Um, yeah. I mean, it's not a bag track either. Um, mm. It's just kind of like, just like, it's on there kind of a deal. Yeah. I think this is more of like uh, I'm not I could be wrong, but I think this is more garnering towards like the radio sound at the time because it kind of has like that the beat kind of has like a radio kind of vibe to it. Not not in a negative way, but I, I feel like for the album, they're like, yo, we kind of need like a song that's kind of more commercially or like more safe, like that's more like New York than like what we're doing because we're trying to do like that black exploitation kind of vibe music. But this is definitely like going to be one of those songs. I'm not sure if that's what they were thinking, but that's what it kind of came off as. Could be wrong, mm-hmm. though. Yeah. yeah, based upon, like, yeah, based on what we've been talking about, yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Yeah, yeah this is definitely, this is a, a solid, a dope, solid song, you know. Nothing that stood out to me. So we get to track number nine, Rocking It, aka Spanish Harlem. Fucking Christ, what the fuck were you thinking? Jesus, I fucking hate this song, man. This song, this is definitely a skippable song. This is corny as hell. It's like that cheesy Spanish beat, dude. What the fuck were they thinking? God damn it, man. <laughs> fuck this song, man. Definitely, out of all these album reviews, this is probably the worst song I ever we ever did. Probably after, like, Jigga My Nigger or some shit like that. <laughs> Something like that. Oh, fucking hell, man. This is definitely a terrible-ass song, dude. What the fuck, man? <laughs> Fuck this song, bro. I don't know why the fuck. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I know they're trying to do Spanish Harlem because that's actually a place, but come on, dude. You don't have to do it. I know you're trying to do it for like your, your Spanish homies that, you know what I mean? Try to handle them. But this shit just came off really corny, man. You know, this song just sucks to ass, man. Those are my thoughts on here on this song. <laughs> fuck this song, man. <laughs> So yeah, I, this is definitely not the strongest song at all. And like, I also have to agree that the Spanish sound to this just it doesn't fit. Um, and to be honest with you, a lot of artists I feel like don't know how to incorporate that Spanish sound yeah. to their music. It just I don't know. It typically to me disingenuous. It, it just it doesn't. Sometimes it just, you know, that music translate well, translates well on other platforms, not necessarily 
Um, like, yeah, I'm not like you got to be able to really know how to do it to freaking pull that out. Um, yeah. And it does, it can come off as two things a kind of stereotypical, yeah. um, like Spanish music is more than just that one freaking sound. Um, <laughs> like, seriously, when people like, whenever like any artist puts like, this is going to be my Spanish influence song. Like they put like the exact same kind of beat. Like people need to start branching. If you're going to do that, I don't know, maybe use a different kind of Spanish beat, you know, like yeah. there's more than just that sound. Um, it's like that reggae, reggaeton bullshit. Cause that was really popular yeah. in the early 2000s. Like every rapper wanted like some Indian sounding beat or some Spanish type. Of yeah. Shit. And it's just, it's very played out a little bit yeah. on, a little bit and it's like i said it's the exact same beat it's, it's like the exact same sound over and over again like people need to start if you're going to incorporate spanish sounds like incorporate different spanish sounds like get all different kinds you know um not just this one specific sound so i do think that like hip-hop like not so much anymore like i feel like now like they've kind of figured it out a little bit better but back then this was just yeah <laughs> not not if you have like people like, like I, I despise the song Despacito when Justin Bieber was on that song, he he did not know what the fuck he was saying. <laughs> Once that, again, that's like, what I kind of want to put out there. It's kind of similar to that situation. It's just like you gotta know how to do it. You gotta know what to do. And like, you know, and in this song, like they put in like the most basic Spanish words. Yeah, and it's like you know, if you're gonna do a Spanish styled song, use some research first, you know. Um, so I'm definitely with you. This song is pretty weak. Um, yeah, and it's yeah, I, I yeah, this this was very far from my top five. Exactly. This is like in the top hell or some shit. Something <laughs> like that. I'm surprised though that you put this as like one of the worst songs because I know that uh, we reviewed a Travis Scott album and yeah you don't like Travis Scott but damn you must hate this song if you're putting it oh on, okay okay on I'll it. give it that all right maybe I was shitting it's not it's not <laughs> how do I say this it's not the worst thing I said no it's not the worst thing I've heard but it's definitely not the best it's very like yeah. me mediocre. I put this again. I know I'm gonna get crucified. I don't give a shit. I think this is better than some of the, the dog shit songs on the Travis Scott album. That's just me. Sue me. Fucking unsubscribe, dislike this ratio this way. I don't care. This is my opinion. It is what it is, bro. So yeah, but, not, yeah, what are you saying? But yeah, in this context, man, this song just needed to just not be on here. Yeah. It kind of sounds like stereotypical, like 1970s, like Spanish type, you know what I mean? They're trying to go for. Yeah, like I feel like I've heard this song a million times before. Yeah, I'll look at the sample later. Probably like the same sample everyone else used. Like, I feel like like they got too close to like the, the camp of the 70s where they were trying to incorporate some like shit that did not work from the 70s, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, I got, I, I, yeah, I think we've got our thoughts out that we hate this song. <laughs>
Yeah, it's like throwing shit at the wall and expecting it to stick. You know what I'm saying? Kind of like that. I feel like this is another one of those tracks that they were just really trying to go for like some sort of radio deal yeah. thing. And Campolo needed needed to kind of realize that no offense, like nothing wrong with this, but they're not meant for radio. They're just meant for, you know, pretty much people who like their sound. That's what they're meant for. They're yeah. not meant to be put on the radio all the time. Um so yeah, I feel like that's this is one of those songs where they kind of got lost in their style. Yeah, I think just stay true to yourself. They, I would have never thought uh, Lucini, this is it, is a radio hit. It was like top. Don't quote me on this, but like top five, top twenty ish. And they just stuck to their guns, and they it happened to be a radio song. You know, that's all you have to do. Yeah. You don't have to like try super hard because then it's gonna come off very fake. It has to be very like genuine and real about it. You know. Exactly, exactly. Damn, I think we spent longer on this song than that other song from the Tyler album that you hated. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't remember the song, though. But, yeah. but yeah, so we I get to track. I think it was, like, Bored. Yeah. All right, yeah. yeah boredom. Yeah, yeah, Boredom. Yeah, Boredom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we went, I went pretty, I, I, yeah, I went pretty hard against Boredom. <laughs> Jesus, man. So this is this is basically your boredom. This is like my <laughs> my version of your boredom, huh? If that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> like I, here's the thing. When when I was like younger and I listened to this album, this song didn't bother me. But going back in retrospective, actually picking apart music and criticizing it, this is definitely not up there. This is like I would say this is in like F tier. This was a tier list of the song. This would definitely be an F tier. But yeah, let's move on. We're going to spend like fucking 30 minutes talking about one song. So yeah, we get to track number 10, which is a way miles better, a way better song, dude. This is Say Word featuring Jungle Brown. And another dope song, Slick Ass Bass, man. I like that. I like that shit. That shit's fucking fire as hell. I love this song. Another standout song to me. So for me, I definitely feel like uh, this is another one of those examples where I feel like the feature does stronger than the main artists. Yeah. Um, I definitely thought that the feature did did that thing on this on this track. Um, no, he only he only did the chorus. Oh yeah, then yeah, I feel like yeah, I definitely thought that like the chorus was really good then, um, and. Um, yeah, and overall, throughout the whole song, it was really good lyricism, but um, I guess, like, one problem, I guess, like, this has kind of been a problem with me for, like, the whole album a little bit, is I don't know which guy it is, but one of the guys' voice is just overly dramatic uh, all the time. It's probably Jungle Brown, then. Yeah, There's Jungle Brown. No, 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 he's one of the regular, he's one of the main guys on the group. I, I don't know which one it is. But one yeah, of them, I just feel like, <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, so, yeah, that's, I guess that's one of my complaints is that, yeah, one of the guys for me just goes way too, like, overly dramatic sometimes. Yeah, I didn't pick that up. Uh, glad you're here. You can talk shit on the songs I'm like, thank you. <laughs> 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 but, yeah, let's get to uh, track number 11, Negro League, featuring Bones and Karacha Rock. So I don't know how I feel about the song. The beat is really dope. It's like that very, kind of has like a Halloween aspect to it kind of like a creepy vibe to it 
The problems on here is the features do not fit the vibe of Camp Low because Camp Low is way more like laid back and these people are like loud and abrasive. Like the voice is very bassy. Like uh, hiphopgoldenage.com put it, said Bone sounds like a 1960s super villain. <laughs> He's like, yeah, my God, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds like that. And then Karacha, Karacha Ra's voice is way too bassy. They're not, here's the thing, they're not bad rappers. I think they're pretty decent, but they just don't fit the vibe of it. This is like what me and, um, me and uh, Westside Jordan are talking about on one of our hot takes about like when people just put random rappers on the like freaking um, songs that don't even fit the album, you know, the vibe of the song. So I think this is definitely one of the primary examples. I like the song, but I can, I can tolerate them, but to me, I could have done without them on the song. And the song would have been a lot better if that makes sense. Well, yeah, this song definitely has like that creepy sound to it. Yeah. Um, it's it's definitely not a, it's not like that. It's not the song that's gonna, uh, you know, it's not like one of the other songs on here that's a little bit more like chill and all that. Yeah. Um, and uh, and it's another one of those songs where like you know the the title really just does not have anything to I don't I mean hey I don't know then again I barely know what half of them are saying but um you know I yeah. didn't really get like the vibe that like not not even the sound really fits like to me like the, like the lyrics didn't really fit the title very much once yeah. again um, oh okay so I I did research. I hate to cut you off a little bit. I just want to say something. So Negro League is basically, um, it's a United States professional baseball league comprised of African-American teams. So I just want to put that out there. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I've, I've heard about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, I, you know, uh, but yeah, I don't, I didn't really understand what the, I guess I didn't understand what the deal of the song was overly um but i mean that's definitely something that you that's i guess is something that definitely is throughout the whole album like the title just doesn't like we said does not fit a lot of what the subject matter of the song is yeah yeah i i kind of i'll just say i'll I'll just have mixed feelings on it you know what i mean i think it would have been better without them they're not bad they just don't fit the vibe like you you just can't you just can't mold shit into like fucking Play-Doh, you know what I'm saying? That's yeah. Like, yeah. But we get to a better song, in my opinion. This is uh, track number 12, Nikki Barnes, aka It's All Right. And the title is from uh, 1970s Crime Boss, which makes sense because he was in Harlem and they were from, no, yeah, like Bronx area, all that. So I just want to put that out there. This is definitely another dope song. And the song, the only gripe that I have with it is Jungle Brown, because like Hip Hop Golden Age said, he sounds like he's half asleep when he's rapping and shit. <laughs> but I think this is, they're on their criminal shit again, and I think this is a funky and dope song. That's like a minor gripe. So for me, oddly enough, I felt like the, the feature on this track was actually pretty good. Um, I guess I guess that's a definitely an unpopular opinion that I have, but yeah. hey, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, I didn't I did not hate the, the feature at all. Um, so yeah, the feature is not really 
a problem for me with this song. Um, so yeah, it's kind of interesting how other people say that the feature was not that good, but overall, I feel like the feature was pretty good. It was pretty all right. Um, for me, this was really not like one of those like standout songs on yeah. the album. Um, this is not like if I'm gonna go back to this album, this is not the first song I'm gonna go to. Exactly, same. All right, so yeah, we get to um, what song? Number number thirteen, Black Nozzle Jack, aka Come On, produced by Ill Will, Fulton, and Ski Beats. So I had no idea what a nozzle jack is until I looked it up on Urban Dictionary, <laughs> and this is gonna be fun. So nozzle jack is the acting, no, the act of masturbating to a memory that is ingrained in your brain. So that speaks for itself, and I guess it says AKA Come On. So that was a shitty joke, but I just had to throw that in. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure if the listeners like ejaculating to their music or something. I don't know. This is def. I love this song, regardless of what the fucking title is. <laughs> this is a dope ass song. Another standout track. <laughs> and then some favorite um, lyrics. <laughs> and then some and some favorite lyrics that I wrote down with score scores like ten on my IQ test. Stay fly with the vibes. So I'm funky fresh. I rocks to the east and it flows to the west out in sunny Chiba. Dude, if you score like 10 on your IQ test, you're brain dead. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> but this is, I love this song. This is very funky, man. Definitely got to. <laughs> uh, Jesus well, the subject matter of this song has literally nothing to do with the title. They're not talking about <laughs> none of that, you know. They're not talking about that stuff, so I don't think this is one of those songs. Um, from what I got on the subject matter, it's mostly just talking about New York. Um, so def definitely one of those songs that did not, like the subject matter does not fit the title. Um, you know, there's definitely an interesting tidbit of information you gave us about the title. Um, and... Uh, you know, I felt like the, the hook was pretty good uh, on this track. Um, and uh, yeah, so it, I'm definitely now like all like caught up in that title now. Like, what the fuck? There's also a Nozzle Jack Toys on Instagram. <laughs> so, you know, it's nothing bad. It's nothing bad. It just sells regular toys, not adult toys or anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I guess, actually, yeah, that makes sense though. The the name of that nostalgic makes sense because like nostalgic. Oh, so nostalgic. oh I that get makes it sense. Now. Yeah, that makes sense. But there the go, subject matter, but like the subject matter <laughs> of the song doesn't fit that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so yeah, I think that's definitely where that comes from is from the word. It's a play on words from nostalgic to. You know, nostalgic. Um, but uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It kind of makes sense uh, too, because like the, the whole album's about like the nostalgia, because they grew up during the 70s. So I think that's probably, you know, could be reading into it too further, but that's what I got from it. Yeah. Like this, this title's definitely going to go over like people's heads if you actually do your research, you know. Yeah, you got like I have no idea what that meant, but no, you know, no, no, that's something that I might end up having to 
Uh, that's something I'm going to have to add to my vocabulary. I got to start using that word more. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll put a link to Urban Dictionary for you guys out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. God damn it. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> so we get to track number 14, which is Cooley High, produced by Jocko and Ski Beats. And so the trivia behind this song was that, like I said, the original version was Michael Jackson's The Lady in My Life sample, but they couldn't get it cleared. So they used the Janet Jackson's Funny How Time Flies sample. This is another dope laid back track. This is Soulful and another standout song to me. Yeah, this is another one of those songs where the the imagery of the song is really solid. Um, and I I think that the subject matter actually fits the title. I do think like throughout the track, I do think they're talking about like their high school experiences a little bit. Yeah. Um, so for once, the 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 title fits the subject matter, mm-hmm. um, which is a rare rare occurrence on this album. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, and um, and you said it was named after a movie, yeah, Cooley High, High, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's that's a pretty famous movie. I've heard other people, I know that I've heard like other rappers reference it um, before. So I watch it. Um, I heard good things about it. So yeah, and like for me though, I I really like this song. I thought that the imagery that they used was super good. Um, and uh and probably i think it might be my favorite single that they have yeah. on this album mm-hmm. um so yeah this is this is a track that's definitely stand out to me um so yeah that's my thoughts all right so we get to track number 15 this is probably like the worst way to end up end off the album you guys know how i hate doing remixes putting remixes at the end of an album that's what they did sparkle mr midnight music like a, you guys already know my thoughts as a re- remix for an end song. I'm not. I wasn't a fan of the original. I'm definitely not a fan of this one. The beat is slightly changed. It's very lazy. I don't know why the fuck they chose like their mediocre, like their okay mediocre song to put as a remix. Like I don't know why they did that shit. And then this is definitely one of the weakest songs off this. No, definitely one of the weakest songs. The weakest song, you already know what it is. I'm not going to say it already because we'll be here for 30 minutes. But um, yeah, the same criticisms I have about the original songs, the same criticisms I have about this one. And I think this this like should have been like off the album. I don't know why the fuck they did that. Like I think they should have ended off Cooley High because think about it. If you start strong like Crystal Carrington, you end on a high note like Cooley High, that'd be a dope-ass way to end it out, you know? But, you know, it is what it is, man. Uh, yeah, this was... Yeah, at first, when I first started listening to this, I thought maybe it was better than the original, but then, like, as I listened to it, I was like, no. Um, it's lazy. It's, it's lazy, and, like, for a remix, it's not really much different from the original it's really just like the like the new beat it's pretty much the same lyrics just a different beat it's slightly uh, different. yeah sli- barely different and like the new beat is not even like a 
it's like the most slowest beat in the world. Yeah. Like it's just like it's almost like you don't even notice the beat. It's almost like if you're not even like if you're really not paying attention, you might think it's a cappella. That's how quiet the beat is. Um so and and sparkle with like the whole like whispering the chorus thing is freaking weird. Um, it's just you know, and I also have to agree, ending on a remix, and not only is it a remix, but it's a remix of one of like the weaker songs. Um, so I just, I don't know. It definitely was not the move to do, and um, ending with Cooley High would have been the much better idea. I don't know why this was on. I don't know why, dude. It's like, oh, let's just make it a perfect 15. That's, I don't know, man. That could be bullshit, man. But yeah, that, that concludes the album review. The track, I should say, the track review of um, Camp Low Saturday Night, Uptown Saturday Night. So what are your closing thoughts on this album? So give me your, your closing thoughts, your rating, your top five songs, and if you're buy or burn it. So for me... For this album in order to like really truly experience the album as what it is you can't go in with like your average hip-hop mindset you can't yeah. just go in with just you know thinking this is going to be an <clears throat> average uh, album um it has a super unique sound while still like you know it still keeps a it still keeps a somewhat of a reminiscent of the end of the new york sound um yeah. But I guess, like, one thing I would say is that, like, sometimes the album could get a bit repetitive and yeah, uh, couldn't hold my attention 100% of the time. Um, one thing I will say, like, these keep, like, they, I'm not saying they sound like this group, but, like, they give off the similar vibes as, like, uh, Flatbush Zombies today. I almost feel like they'd be kind of like a... I don't know about that. that. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. They give, for me, they give off similar vibes to them. I'm not saying that they sound similar. I'm just saying they give off similar vibes of just kind of yeah. what they do. Um, and so for overall, I would give the album a 7 out of 10. Okay. And I would probably say, I wouldn't say burn it, but I would definitely say stream it before you buy it. All right. what and are you my top, top five up? songs... <laughs> so for number five um is black nostalgic um <laughs> yeah I, I put that as my number five before i knew what the title meant but it's staying there um four is cooley high uh three is b-side to hollywood yeah. two is killing them softly and number one is black connection okay dope 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 so my closing thoughts are Uptown Saturday Night is another underrated album of 1997. Definitely got buried due to like its unique sound. And there were like other popular artists that dropped albums like Wu-Tang Clan, uh, Notorious B.I.G. And I think there was a couple other people, but I, I'm just scratching the surface there. So I just love the 1970s theme to it which sets them apart from the competition. Sadly, like I said, they got overshadowed. And 
I just love the jazzy, soulful, and funky production. I love their abstract lyricism. Like, throughout the whole album, I have no idea what the fuck they're talking about, dude. Because I never watch these movies. I'm just, like, I'm not familiar with the subject matter. But I, I just like the initiative they took to set them apart, themselves apart from their competition. Because no one else is rapping like they are. They're very unique in their way. And I also want to point out their chemistry. It's very tight. Like, you you probably like get them confused like who's which one's Gucci Suede or Sunny Chiba if you actually looked at the like genius lyrics and all that they just sound they just sound like brothers you know what I mean they sound like they complement each other's style they bounce off each other the only feature to actually like like be on their level and like kind of match together was True Boy the Dove and yeah like I said. I just, I just love the smooth, the smoothness, the swagger, the confidence, and their charisma on this album. And they like unique layback flow. The only gripes I have on here is some of the production. There's like some really lows on here. <clears throat> Spanish Harlem. Um, yeah, some of the features like Racha Raw. Uh, what, what's that nigga's name? Um, Bones, Jungle Brown. They didn't really do anything like the features either just did nothing for the album they kind of brought, brought down the song significantly. I shouldn't say significantly, but to a lower level. And yeah, and also the some of the hooks were just lazy. The production, like I said, could be horrendous at times. <laughs> uh, yeah, the hooks, lazy. And I don't know why the hell you'd end on a like, mediocre song and make that a remix. And yeah, I, I like the features on, no, the only features I like was Chogoy the Dove. So that being said, I will give Uptown Saturday Night an eight out of 10. No, I, I'm gonna give it eight AKAs out of 10 because they use so much fucking AKAs for the title. So <laughs> you do that. Um, so my top five favorite songs on here, I couldn't, I'm, I'm gonna tie these songs together, but Cooley High and Black Nozzle Jack. Uh, number four. <laughs> Uh, I'll probably put, mm, let's see, I'm putting Lucini a little bit lower. I know people are going to lynch me, but you're already going to lynch me because I talk shit about Travis Scott. So I'll put Lucini probably, honestly, that's tough. I'll put Lucini at number four and then probably killing him softly at number three. And then number two would be B-Side to Hollywood. And then number one would be Crystal Carrington. And would I buy a Burn It? I'll definitely buy this. Because I did I did buy this album. It was like cheap. It's like $4. I was, I was like going towards like 8 to 8.5. But I, I just decided on 8. Because there, there are some like lows that can't be forgiven, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, it's funny because like looking back in retrospect, I gave this album like a 10 out of 10 to like a 9 out of 10. And I just changed my mind from there. Let me actually like dissect it. And like another thing, like you when you put out, it sounds kind of like samey, like very repetitive. Like some of the lyrics they went back, just copied them. It's like it's like a copy post of like lyrics they did, you know. If you like cut off the fat, this this could be considered a classic. If you cut off a couple songs, like I would consider this a classic. You like, you know, yeah. It is what it is, man. But yeah, what yeah, uh, what's your hot take or uh the today's hot take has to do with remixes. So as we know, the ending of this album 
ended with a very weak remix. Um, I just wanted to know what your overall thoughts are on remixes in general. I just want to know what your thoughts are on that. Um, that's a good question. I would say hit and miss, hit or misses for me. Because there's like some remixes that blew the original out the, the um, part. There's some remixes that are horrendous and they should not be forgiven. Like the thing, it's kind of, remix to me is kind of cheap because you just, you're just capitalizing on the success of a song and just updating it. I just think that's very lazy, especially putting that a remix for like as a closing song. I think that's very lazy. It just shows how uncreative you are at the time. Like I think it's creative just to come up with a new song or just not think of a new song yet, if that makes sense. So <clears throat> my thoughts are, they're very hit or miss for me. Like there's some remixes that did better, some that were worse, you know? But I, I think they should, in this album, they should have just left off on Cooley High, you know? But yeah, I'm just, I'm just very, it's just hit or miss for me. So for me with remixes, they're typically misses, more often misses yeah. than not um for me the only case in which a remix is good is if you know an artist makes a remix with another like they remix a song they made and it's an artist that i like that they put on the remix that's typically really about it um i mean sometimes you know uh there are certain cases where you know the remix i would agree definitely blows it out of the park uh, and definitely is actually better than the original um, based upon what the, what they change or if they add another artist that just really comments the song well. Um, yeah. But then you also have, uh, for example, uh, we all know this song by Blueface Tatiana. That song has been remixed a million times and every single time I released a new one, I was like, this is another one? We're going to come out with another remix for the same song? And uh, I can't even tell you. Yeah, and it's like, don't, like, if you're going to make a remix for a song, just make one. Don't make, like, a thousand remixes for the same song. Um, It just, you know, as, I guess, it just gets really repetitive. And it's like, dude, and, like, I mean, of course, I know I don't have to listen to it, in which I think most of the times I don't. But, like, you know, it comes up on your YouTube feed and you just think, or, you know, on Spotify or something like that, you're just like, another one? You're making another remix of this song? Um, and I don't know if, like, if this counts as remixes or anything like that, but, like, or, like, when, um, like, when people, uh, like, totally, like, remake a song from another artist, Yeah, that's definitely that's another... Yeah, like a yeah, thing. I cannot believe I totally forgot the freaking word for that. A cover song. Yeah. Uh, sometimes like those are either those for me. I feel like those can are are have a higher rate of being more successful than a remix, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, remixes overall just they need once you make a song and you make a good song, um, typically a remix doesn't add too much. Yeah, I, I just think you can't, sometimes you just can't capture the magic of the original. And I think a lot of times remixes are for like commercial, trying to get like commercial, yeah. like radio play and all that. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people, and I'm like, I, a lot, I feel like I like, it's also like a case for like, 
uh, if you're like a struggling artist or an up-and-coming artist, yeah. Um, and then like you hop onto a remix, I feel like it's definitely super common to like where like if you're coming up in the game and you know you're just and you hop on a really hot song that was and that's now being remixed. Uh, I feel like that happens a lot. Or like if you're you know a, an artist who's kind of struggling at the time, just trying to keep up with that, and then you hop on some other artist remix. It's kind of writing the uh, the success of another song to kind of bolster your fame. Um, you know, sometimes it's a little weak, but um, yeah. You also want to put out too, like like you said, a lot of times there are like remixes where like they like what you said where they introduce like a new and upcoming artist and he just like kills it on there, you know? There's some like yeah. really good remixes out there. Like, um, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there have been really good. I'm not saying every remix is bad. There's definitely been some really good remixes that are just, you know, you go like, wow, that's super. It's typically up and coming artists that create the best remixes, typically. Like, they typically add the most to remixes because you've never heard them before. So therefore they add like some a really good, new flavor to the song yeah i just think i was gonna say something something about remixes um oh fuck i think i forgot what it was that well i mean um, if you remember i, I have something to, i asked yeah, else to it. say and like yeah. if you're gonna make a remix and you're gonna put on a new artist or maybe you're gonna add a new element a tip that i would definitely give artists <laughs> on that is if you're gonna do a remix, make sure that the remix keeps up with the original, at least keeps up with the original soul of the other song, of the original. Um, and that's just something I would just highly recommend. Just make sure that you keep the soul of the song in the remix, because once you take away the soul of the song in a remix, it almost cheapens the original version in a way. Yeah, I'll, I'll remember what I, what I was gonna say. All right, go for it. So I was gonna say, like, if you keep on doing remixes, like you said, it's gonna cheapen the sound, and it's also gonna like make the song like become more annoying and repetitive, just because you have like so much like remixes out there, and it's just gonna cheapen it, and people are just gonna lose interest, and they'd be like, oh, this shit's played out, this shit's getting annoying, this is boring. So I just think you're better off like not doing remixes at all. It's very like 50-50. Like, it's either going to be shit or it's going to be good, you know? There's no really in-between. Yeah. Yeah, That's definitely. I, I definitely agree with you on that, for sure. Yeah. All right, I got all my thoughts out on remixes. Uh, me too. So that concludes the Jam Planet, Jam Planet, podcast season two episode 10 we just reviewed uptown saturday night by camp low next time you see us we're going to be doing season two episode 11 come home with me by cameron so stay tuned we'll see you guys later uh,